I'm your host, Alexandra Shelley, also known as BB by many, many, many. And here on Dog Ear, the mission is to connect you all to books, thought leaders, and avid readers. First, I want to say I am, it's like fine. Like I'm more so laughing at it, but my microphone thing is, my microphone's all like lopsided, like hanging on its side because. I don't know what it is. Like the thing that tightens it is maybe it's rusty. I'm not sure, but it's not working and it just kind of looks a little silly. Um, Second of all, I just want to say it's so funny and it's such a reminder to us. It's such a daily reminder of like why we come back to the things that we love and like why do we resist them? And I've been going through so many life changes as you guys have seen and or possibly heard on my Instagram. I've gotten a new job. I've launched a new adventure with my mediumship. And of course, I'm pivoting dog-eared and still devoting time and love to dog-eared. And just a lot of changes going on in my life. And I've just been kind of nervous or not as motivated to hop back on the horse with podcasting. But then again, I'm here And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I love, I have the biggest smile on my face, you know? So it's just weird. It's like, why do we listen to that little voice in our head? Like, why aren't we doing it? Like, what is the reason? Does the reason even have any meaning? So anyways, I'm just here saying, it's so good to be back, guys. Anyways, so I hope you guys have had a gorgeous January so far. And I hope you guys have really fallen in love with Kirsten this month. She's such a gorgeous leader and I cannot wait to introduce you guys to this new bookish series gal. She is absolutely wonderful. She is someone I actually followed recently and one of the really amazing things about this bookstagram is people are so interactive and so responsive but also so so nice. Like they are not nice, kind. Like really amazing people and I've gotten such incredible um, book recs from them and so this was just a girl again I followed maybe like just a couple or a few months ago and we talked and she is just the sweetest I have the biggest smile on my face and honestly I always do every single time I have these conversations I always leave feeling like better than I was found And it just reminds me why I love connecting with this community and why I love expanding myself with books and with people and how they are connected. So anyway, her name is Hannah Louise Franklin and she is based in the UK and she is just an absolutely gorgeous human and gorgeous soul. And again, I really just cannot wait for you guys to meet her. She's just incredibly kind. She has such lovely, calm, clean photos. And I love her aesthetic. And it's really interesting because, again, it's hard because it's, you know, you don't want to judge a book by its cover. But, you know, of course, like aesthetic is something I really love and I love curating because it's just fun. But also it brings me like joy but also peace. And I think that's what you'll feel when you come across her page. She started this because she was like, honestly, life is just so stressful. And this was a place where I truly can just escape and just post really pretty photos and talk about books and share connections and share stories and dive into stories. And it's just so interesting because that's the reason why I started dog-eared because I just found peace. I found love. I found joy. I found 
energy and it was just good energy no matter what it was no matter if it was something that helped me literally get through a crappy day or if it was something that truly got me out of bed uh, at my God-given crazy hour at 5 a.m. For some reason, I am supposed to be awake at 5 a.m., but also, again, I do love it. And But also, it's, you know, the reason, I think it's definitely one of the small but also really big purposes in my life why I'm here I feel like maybe I shouldn't have said small duh beebs what am I doing to myself but it's just one of my my life purposes to really connect with people to build communities and to just create the endless joy and love around books so anyways I digress a little but Hannah was such a wonderful reminder of like why do you get so caught up, Biebs? And again, it's so it's so easy because it's so easy to follow, you know, all these other business owners, all these other entrepreneurs, all these coaches, all these like amazing women, men, you know, just wonderful individuals that are doing incredible things and to compare yourself. But then again, it's like, okay, this is books. Like books are so selfless. Books are empathetic. Books are just generous books are just stories ready to hear our story so why am I like building a story that's not even building me up when these stories that we're reading are meant to fill us you know so anyways again I apologize I digress but I think it was a wonderful and meaningful digression not I think I know it was and it was necessary but anyways I hope you guys enjoy Hannah's company please let me know what was your favorite part or book you are going to snag and let's just get right to it I record on my phone and then I was like screen recording. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Yay. I'm that we managed to rearrange it and like get a good time to do it and everything. I know. I'm so happy we finally got to do this. And thank you so much for agreeing. And like, this makes my day. I love doing these. So I'm so happy. <laughs> I think it's such a great thing to do like there's so many like like-minded people in like on Instagram and just Germany so it's so fun to you know like you actually have something to bring people together and actually encourage people to have those conversations I think that's great seriously oh I'm so happy you love it yeah <laughs> I I obviously I knew it'd be fun but I didn't know how fun it would be and like yeah meeting all of you guys all you ladies have just been the <laughs> kindest sweetest like so excited about this and i think that's what's so beautiful about the book community is it's just so genuine like mm -hmm. i don't know i mean maybe there is some but i just haven't come across any like drama or anyone that's kind of like fake or it's just it's just such a lovely loving community because i think that's what books bring is just like totally authenticity agree. and stories and bringing people together so it just all all comes together and I'm just obsessed so <laughs> yay! okay so let's just get right into it so what inspired you to create your bookstagram account well I, I already had Instagram before I kind of turned it into a more like book kind okay. of related one but I was at uni when I started it and I studied English Lit at uni so at the time mm -hmm. I was kind of just like well you know 
I'm already reading a lot of books because I have to for my course, mm-hmm. so I may as well. And reading was obviously always something I'd been super interested in from you know being as a kid. So I kind of thought, well, I may as well just start sharing them on Instagram, but more just for myself because it was just fun to take like a fun little picture. Yeah, you know, you're super stressed like studying and spending all your time like revising and writing essays. So it was a really nice way to just take a break and be like, let's just take a cute little picture of a book that I'm reading that I think is fun and just like pop it up there and like who cares you know what comes of it um and I don't know at that point how big the real kind of like bookstagram community was because I think it's only the the past few years that's really like mm-hmm. seen it come what it is now um so at the time it was just you know just for a bit of fun and it still is just for a bit of fun now but mm-hmm. I think I never really thought about really going into like I'm really going to share books and book reviews it was just it was just a way to release some stress more mm-hmm. than anything else, mm-hmm. I think. I love it. And so it's been so interesting, um, you know, meeting you guys because I know when I interviewed, let's say, like, Tanbeer or Esther, they were kind mm-hmm. of the OGs. So they were like, well, I kind of, you know, have this aesthetic. And then, you know, because they, they were able to kind of create their own aesthetic. And then from there, like, that's where... I think other inspirations come from so did you have any kind of inspiration or any direction for your aesthetic or you were just kind of like I'm showing up I think initially it was probably just you know like showing up whatever and Mm -hmm. I think it was after I graduated uni and I had a little bit more free time around like working um that I kind of realized that there was like more of a community and there were people that genuinely dedicated their Instagrams to like talking about books and sharing Mm -hmm. ideas and I ended up kind of um falling into like regular kind of conversations with a group of people that really enjoyed you know sharing and things like that and that started with um I think Amy's bookshelf I don't know if you know mm-hmm. of I her. think I follow yeah. her yeah he was he was like one of the main people that was like hey like it's so cool that you do this I don't know if you know it's like a big thing like you should just get involved like here's a bunch of other people like we can have like a group chat and like talk about so stuff fun. and we can help each other out and give each other ideas um so I think that was kind of how that sort of started getting pulled into that. And then I think in terms of coming to like an aesthetic, I think I, I gen, generally try not to like tie myself down too yeah. much, but I think it's always been just something kind of cozy and kind of comforting. And I think that's because it's always stemmed from periods of time when I felt really stressed, whether that was when I was back at uni or when I was trying to um figure out what I was going to do for a job or just you know like when you're in your 20s and you're like oh god there's so many things I could do and I don't know like even where to start so I think I wanted to just share pictures that were like cozy comforting maybe a bit calming and just stuff that I liked because even if nothing else it was just a picture that I enjoyed taking and I liked the look of Mm -hmm. it didn't really matter to me whether you know it was getting loads of engagement and loads of likes I just wanted it to be something that I liked and if other people connected with that then mm-hmm. great yeah I love that no and again like another thing that I love about like what you said and like this whole thing is I think that's why people love this community so much is because it's such like an escape like we're mm. all just doing it for like for fun and I think it's so funny because yeah. of course like I'm you know it's it's really interesting it's like such an art and a science kind of like growing a page and like growing a business and stuff and I remember one of the first people I met was like Katie Elizabeth and mm-hmm. she's such a who I love her and I was like oh my god how do you yeah. do these reels and I was asking her all these questions and I was and then you know she kind of mentioned something she's like you know I just do it like whatever I just do it yeah. for fun like this is for me and I was like 
oh, you're so right. Like sometimes I get really caught up in again, like growing my business and like growing whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, like I have you to get, totally drop like out of that. They're like bogged down in like mm-hmm. the numbers. Like the whole point I think of like sharing books more and having those discussions with people was to read more. And then mm-hmm. it kind of became in and of itself a distraction because I sometimes you'd find yourself spending so much more time being like, what's going to make a good picture? What yes. are people going to love? when's the best time to share it which are the best hashtags should I do a reel or a video or mm-hmm. whatever and then I was like this is making me more stressed and this yeah. is supposed to make me less stressed mm-hmm. and I think you know there's nothing wrong with wanting to grow a brand or to grow your page but mm-hmm. I think like you say getting back to the root of it being like this was meant to be something fun yes is the most important part I think yes 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 so diving into the fun book question. So what is your earliest memory of reading? I think, I don't know if I can pin it down to an earliest memory because I think it's always been a thing. Like I always remember reading like as a kid, me mm-hmm. and my sister both read a lot as children. My mum always like read, she always had books. Um, my grandma always had books. I remember, you know, even when we were really little, if my grandma would come and stay with us for like a week in the summer holidays or something, we would go for lunch and then she'd buy us a book. And it was just something that was always part of just what you did like day to day. So I think it was so kind of like entwined with my memories of childhood anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like my dad, he's not a massive reader himself, but I remember that he used to read, um, he read The Hobbit to me. It was like a thing, mm. you know, and your read to you for like half an hour before you went to bed and you'd slowly really slowly make your way through whatever book it was um and it was very slow going but it was like just fun and I think Mm -hmm. I can't even pin it down to like one specific memory because it was just always there in all the parts of what I can remember of my childhood that is so wonderful oh my goodness (laughs) so what are you currently reading how did you come across it do you love it don't Mm -hmm. love it well, I say currently, I literally just finished it. Wow. I mean, I know you're not going to see it on the podcast, but I'm going to show you because you have it. Probably going to be flipped around, but it's um, Ariadne okay. by um, Jennifer Saint, which is a retelling, well, not a retelling, it's a telling of the story of the Grithical, um, Greek mythical story of Ariadne, Theseus, and like the Minotaur. Mm. Um, and I read, like, last year, I think I saw a book everywhere called Pandora's Jar, which was a non-fiction book about um, retelling, like, 10 really well-known Greek stories, Greek myths with women, like, at their centre and kind of retelling it from or exploring the women at the heart of those stories. And I think that kind of stemmed my interest in looking at those kinds of books. So I think that's how I ended up finding out about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I did buy it a big part just because of the cover because <laughs> it's so pretty so but um it was from looking into those books that were kind of looking more at like women in in greek myths and greek stories and i think like that's such an interesting concept that people are looking into and there's definitely i think a lot more books like this i'm sure you've probably noticed this there's so many popular books now about retelling greek stories whether it's non-fiction or fiction mm-hmm. um and i just think that's so interesting because like in pandora's jar the writer natalie haynes she says that she's asked about like you know why would you want to retell greek myths with women and she says well because women are in these stories why wouldn't you want to talk about the women in them and so i think it's just like 
it's great to see these stories being retold the way Greekness always were, but mm-hmm. really digging into the female characters that are often like pushed to the sides. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Ariadne is a great one. It's like amazingly so beautifully written, mm-hmm. and also just gets you reading some Greek myth stories, which if you're interested in, obviously it's a great way to start. Um, but I think I wanted to read a couple more books like that because it ties into I think maybe the last year, two years, where you've I've seen so many more books that are looking at like women in them but just normal real women do you know mm-hmm. what i mean like we had that kind of tired stereotype like two three years ago oh my gosh, of yeah. strong women and that mm-hmm. was the kind of thing that came in i think with like dystopian books you know like the strong women that i think was meant to give female characters a new identity but sort of ended up becoming a stereotype in and of itself Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i think it's so nice to see books like this that are just talking about women as just normal people giving them the space to just be normal complex messed up not messed up whatever people that they are yeah um whether that's a present day one or you know a retelling of a greek myth so i think that's kind of what's got me so interested in it and it's a it's an amazing book so if you're interested in greek myths definitely a great one to start with oh my gosh yay no i it's so interesting <laughs> i definitely it's always really fascinated me because i know my my private school i went to when i was a little kid like we mm-hmm. had to study latin for like i think a couple years so that was always mm-hmm. like really fascinating and then i know <sighs> No, I forget what it's called. Like, it's not the Song of Achilles, because I haven't read it yet, but there's, like, this other story that's, like, in a blue cover. I forget what it was, but I remember reading that, but it was just, like, so sad. It almost, like, was, like, an oppressive story of women, which is, I mean, it mm. which should be out there. So then I guess I got a little, like, oh, like, that was just so depressing. I do, I do think, <laughs> you know, that is, that is a difficult part of Greek myths, is, like, you can retell them with women at their centre, but the sad fact is that for most of them, the women don't fare well. Like, oh I think in Ariadne, God. there's something, she's, there's a quote, like, right near the beginning where she says she learns something that, like, you know, she gets, like, the heart of the truth of her life, which is that whatever you do as a woman, you're always going to kind of suffer the pain of what the men around you are doing. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's a hard part of greatness is that mm-hmm. you can retell them with as much of a feminist edge as you want, but more often than not, the women usually end up dying at the end, <laughs> which is a bit depressing. Oh my God. Um, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's still great to see at least more going into the discussion of female characters rather than them just being sidelines to like the male kind of hero um, archetype of the story. But yeah they can be a bit hard going totally but yeah i definitely need to read song of achilles and sir mm-hmm. how do you say it cirque circe circe. people say it so differently it's like, <laughs> and i think i mean i think it's circe i'm saying it <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> yeah i know because even i've seen it around bookstagram so much and honestly i think that's like mm. one of the most fun parts is i'm getting pretty much 99% of my recs from all of you guys, which is amazing. Yep. And then so. even- I think almost every book I buy now is from things I've seen people posting being like, this is so great, you should read it. Oh like, and they always are great as well. Oh my God, absolutely. And like my December leader loved those books too. So I was like, oh my God, everybody, I gotta really? read up with that. I'm like <laughs> literally looking, there's a stack of books behind my computer that's like, on my desk because I can't fit books anywhere else and I'm like Literally, oh my so God. many books I've bought recently and it's like can you just read the ones that you've got before you buy more but then every time I see one I'm like oh but this one's really great and I need to add it to my list and there's just like seven that I haven't even touched 
I know that you like read the book that you just got, but then like there's been 20 books waiting for you and you're like, I'm yeah. sorry, I just, I don't know. I just feel like it. There's self-control. <laughs> I know, zero. But at least, I honestly want to make a sticker that's like buy books, not drugs. Because it's like, at least it's like, we're investing in our mind, you know? We're not right. investing of all the things in... you're spending money on, like, this is not the worst thing. Like, it's good. Exactly. It's not like crack. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I, I try to find ways to justify it. But anyways, so what is, I guess, kind of ties into each other. So, like, what is your favorite genre and does that tie into your favorite author? I don't know if this is a specific genre, but I usually lean towards books that are looking at or talk about people's relationships and whether that's like sisters, brothers, family dynamics, like mother-daughter relationships, which is pretty interesting, or whether it's, you know, friendships and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's a set genre. I know you have like family dramas and stuff as a genre, but I usually lean toward books that go into that kind of discussion. Um, I think just because I always find them really interesting and I know some people don't really like those kinds of books maybe they feel like those books are the ones where like nothing really happens yeah. or there's not a huge do you know I'm sure you've heard yeah, that from people know, exactly. you read a book that you love and someone's like but nothing really happened in it but it did the point. it's just all internal <laughs> um but yeah I, I those kinds of books I really love because I just think it's so interesting to see each author's different kind of thoughts about what makes a relationship how do we experience our relationships with our parents and with our children and with the people around us and they almost always tie into identity in some way you know how are you finding your identity what forms us how much are we shaped by the people around us and I think that's so so interesting I think that's Mm -hmm. something that has been a focus in books probably from as soon as books were written you know like looking identity in that way Mm-hmm. Um, so I think usually, regardless of the author, I tend to to really like love those kinds of books mm-hmm. um, that look at those relationships. I think probably most recently, I probably comes to mind is like Elena Ferrante's novels, um, Meg Wallitzer. I don't know if you've heard of Meg Wallitzer. She wrote um, The Female Persuasion. And oh, that was a good book. Yeah, and like mm. obviously with something like the female persuasion, obviously there's a main storyline to mm-hmm. that as well. It's her going through uni and like starting her career, mm-hmm. but a, such a big part of that is her relationship to like her boyfriend at the time, and then like her friends at university and things like that. And like I think as much as the main like plot line, that's what drives the story is those relationships with people and her kind of f- trying to figure out who she is surrounded by the people around her. So I think for me, that's always such a good, like, key, interesting part of a book. Mm. Is two things. One, you literally, I've, like, had the urge, but not really. But for some reason, you're making the tension between me and wanting to start a book club, like, like a like a little, like, reading circle. I'm like, oh, my that's God. Do I, do I literally start a discussion? Um, and then two, that just made me think of, have you, because I haven't read it, because it's so funny. I've. I need to stop, like, sometimes I just need to stop listening to people because it's, like, <laughs> I want to read Sally Rooney's new book, but mm-hmm. then I've heard so many, like, um, you know, different takes on it, but then you make mm. such a good point, but, like, I just, I don't know, that's immediately I thought of her because that was kind of, like, the first, like, frame of reference I have of, like, how something is so driven by the relationships. Yeah. And I just, so I love that. that's an interesting that. point. Mm-hmm. I, I... 
I kind of have unpopular opinions and like common opinions with Sally Rooney. I read Conversations with Friends first, mm-hmm. which I think was her first book, and I did really like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. Went through it really quickly, and just like I think all of her books, it's about usually the relationship between two to four people, like main characters. After I'd read that one, I read Normal People, mm-hmm. and I hated it. <gasps> I didn't like that really, at all. and that's an unpopular opinion because mm-hmm. I know most people. Are like, best book I've ever read ever but for me I just found it frustrating because I just felt like we were going round and round and round in circles and I remember finding it really irritating to read because I was like I really like what she's talking about and I really like the relationships that she's looking at but I feel like I'm reading the same chapters over and over again Mm. just becoming more frustrating than it is interesting and I think when I talked about that to other people, they kind of had the same thoughts that like miscommunication can be such a good trope in a novel, but I personally just felt like it was really overused. Mm. But I think having said that, it's so interesting because that book is so divisive. I don't know anyone who read that and was like, it was okay. Everyone I know who read it either was like, it was amazing mm-hmm. or hated it. Mm-hmm. There's like no in between, which I think is super interesting because I think normally there's a bit of a middle ground, but most people have really one extreme or the other mm-hmm. so I feel I'm kind of like you I have heard so many good reviews about her most recent book but because I've had such flip thoughts about her other two I just can't decide whether or not to get it yeah no and you make such a good point because then it's like I remember I found myself like feeling that frustration and like I know especially mm. like shows or movies where I'm like yeah. God, you're so annoying, you know? Like, like just, make up your it's, mind. Like, there were points where you were, like, just one one small conversation at this point in the book would, like, fix all of the problems. Yeah, right? Too frustrating to read. Exactly. But that's when annoying. But then I'm like, does that make it good because it evoked an emotion out of you? Because you're like, oh. Because, right. like, also humans are fr- so frustrating. Like, I'm even, like, I won't, like, digress too much, but it's like, I've even been reflecting, like, wow, I need to have way more compassion for these people. Or, like, mm. I need to learn how to have more compassion for this person because, like... Or, like, you read that <sighs> conversation and you're like, oh my god, this is so annoying. And then you think, but well, I've done that. I'm sure I've had that yes! conversation, like, with someone. So oh I remember writing that negative review and, like, sharing it on Instagram. And being like, oh my god, like, everyone's going to hate it. But even when I was writing it, I was like, but if I feel this strongly about it, then maybe it was a good book. Like, I just couldn't, I was frustrated at the end of it. Right? It's, it's such a diff, I'm, I will end up reading her newest one, if nothing else, just to satisfy exactly my own feeling of whether I do or don't like her. Right? Oh my god, so funny, the tension, I love it. Mm. Um. So... What is, like, kind of your favorite bookish or, like, reading habit or tradition maybe that you've passed? Not that you've passed on, but I guess that, like, you've either continued as you've been, like, a kid to a woman or something that you've picked up. Maybe even the pandemic kind of shifted ways of reading and your habits. I think, I mean, obviously this wasn't really related to the pandemic because you couldn't go anywhere. But Mm -hmm. always having a book with me was always something I used to, like, I remember if I went on holiday as a kid, I was like, I have to bring a book. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't not have one with me. Um, I'd always, like, I'll go, like, out shopping or something and know that I'm not going to stop anywhere and have time to read, but I'll still put one in my bag as if, like, I just need to have it with me, even if I'm not going to read it, like a little comfort book. Um, So that's probably something. And then I think I was thinking about this earlier. I used to annotate books all the time because when I was at uni, obviously, it was easier to annotate as you were going along so you could flip back and look at stuff. I don't really annotate as much now. I think I've developed a weird fear about writing in them. Like, I don't want to, like, damage them, even though I used to do it 
all the time um but I do like fold the pages down a lot I always like read a quote and I'm like oh what an amazing line that was such a good bit of text and I like fold the page down and I'm like oh, I'll come back to that and like do something with this quote and mm-hmm. I never do I've got loads of books that have just got like 20 pages folded down and I'll never go back to it but there's a part of me that's like I just want to remember that you know this quote is here and I do that with like all of my books they've all got a little page folded down which I think some people hate but you know you're reading it like books are meant to look red aren't they I know oh you've got God. people that are like don't want to you know they barely open their books because they don't want to crack the spine or something and it's like oh like I'm gonna read it it's gonna yeah. look red do you know what I mean like yeah oh my god I know the opinions people have is so funny and so fascinating because like, like don't bend the pages it's like how am I supposed to read it then yeah how am I supposed to even involve or engage myself in this book like mm. I don't know I remember I usually so funny so I usually typically always dog ear books and I always like underline a quote or something that I really love but then there was one book where it was like so different for some reason like I read um Braiding Sweetgrass and because Mm -hmm. it's such like it's like science and spirit it's like almost like really spirituality-ish kind of more like getting back to the roots of like you know Native American Padawami traditions like with the earth and herbs and things like that Mm -hmm. I was like I need to tab this like because it's so and I literally sectioned out the colors of tabs that I would do and I think I got that I forget who I got that from but I know it's from an influencer or book bookstagrammer but um Mm. it's just interesting how different at least for me like different books evoke different like actions with it like with overstory I'm absolutely obsessed with it and I was like I could dog ear every single page but then there's no point because the whole book would be dog every single page is folded down yeah Yeah. which I think is the mark of a great book that every page you're like I want to remember this Mm. this line but I do think it's weird like you say with different books for some reason with non-fiction I have no issue with like annotating drawing little lines under it like putting little markers on them doesn't bother me but the idea of like taking a pen or pencil to like a normal book just like freaks me out and I don't know why it's such a stupid like differentiation between the two but I don't know maybe I know I was thinking like maybe the fear of annotating comes from just like school like you're just like oh I don't want this story to feel like school or something but again Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's that's quite interesting because I think I didn't do it for ages because that was such a thing I did like when I was studying like you had your book your post-its and your pencil and you went through and you made your little notes in it Mm -hmm. and obviously I I loved reading but I remember getting to the end of my degree and being like oh god if I have to read another book ever again yes um because I remember my dad was quite a big reader and he did English at uni as well and he doesn't he does more audiobooks now he's not much of a reader now Mm -hmm. and I remember coming out of my degree and being like god I hope this hasn't like spoiled my interest in reading just for fun um so I think you're probably right it probably does kind of evoke like an academic like this is work I need to make notes I don't know about you guys but the jewelry market feels so saturated for starters where do you even begin Second, I'm so over cheap jewelry. I run around, I work out, I love being active. I also don't really like taking them off. So to me, there's nothing worse when they tarnish. Third, and the most important to me in this day and age, is a company that is transparent and has a strong purpose. As I've been cleaning up my habits, lifestyle, environment, etc., I'm looking to invest my money in companies that seek to enhance and serve the greater collective, whether that be empowering individuality or giving back to the community. So, 
it is truly hard to even contain my excitement, but here's the brand that's not only one fine jewelry that's gorgeous and a price range that isn't horrifying, but still an investment, durable and strong, and three is on a mission. Let me tell you about chapter six. Chapter six is a fine jewelry company that gives back. The mission is to be more than a jewelry company, but really a channel for activism. They donate 10% of their annual revenue to Rewild, which is a nonprofit organization that seeks to protect and restore our wild, organic planet, ecosystem, and biodiversity. This company was founded by my dear, dear friend, Gemma Totten, and her dear friend, Ahmet. So they are both deeply passionate, not only about creating pieces that make you feel beautiful, inside and out, but they hold deeper meaning with every square inch. Each piece is made from recycled 14 karat gold. Diamonds are grown in lab, so it's more sustainable and better for the planet, and they're known as CVD diamonds, and each collection has a meaning and a mission. So I have the turtle necklace and her seven diamond ring, which is from her endangered collection. And then I just got her thick gold flower band ring from her preserve collection. Not only am I so obsessed with each of them and feel so deeply connected to them. Like I had this whole experience with getting the turtle necklace, you guys, but that will like just be a 10 minute story. And I am like, just no, not enough time. But also it's truly so hard for me to not buy every single piece of jewelry. And you guys are also going to love this. So I recently saw Gemma, not only just to catch up, but to look at her pieces. So I came with a friend and she led us through a tea meditation before we began browsing. So she made tea with fresh dandelion leaves and educated us on how our society has created this disgust around weeds and how our lawns and lands should eradicate any essence of weeds, when actually weeds have such a powerful purpose on our planet. She told us how we can consume every piece of the dandelion plant for tea, medicine, and nurturing our mind and bodies. Gemma then explained why she created the Preserve Collection and why we must preserve these sacred plants and animals and how they play an integral role in our planet's well-being. So, first of all, are you absolutely obsessed with Gemma? Second of all, this jewelry. If you're not already on her Instagram, which is so aesthetic because she's the aesthetic queen and already browsing her collection, don't worry. We created a deal just for you, listener. So simply use the code BBJewels10, all lowercase, to get 10% off any Chapter 6 online purchase. I will say, though, if you are in the Orange County area and want a private showcasing of her jewelry, I wouldn't skip it. Chapter 6 is the perfect gift for yourself, your best friend, a loved one, and really for any occasion. And don't you worry, she's coming out with some men's pieces. I cannot wait to see what piece you fall in love with and truly how much even just wearing the jewelry impacts you. Are you needing a revamp on your website? Have you been building your new business or rebranding your new business, but you're either not really feeling the logo, the colors, the direction, or you're not even sure where to really begin? 
please, I am telling you, look no further. Ashley Munson, creative director and founder of Libra Collective, will take amazing care of you. Libra Collective is a studio that designs brands, packaging, and illustrations for passionate people. Ashley will help you from top to bottom. Strategize and design a brand aligned with your story, values, and mission to connect with your ideal target audience. Create beautiful packaging with intentional materials and detail to elevate your products. And sketch, render, and implement original illustration for your branding, product, or service. So I've been working with Ashley for about two years and not only is she unbelievably talented and gifted in her work and her craft but she is so attentive she is so transparent with her values her direction her mission but also with her complete flow her workflow because I feel like sometimes when you are really interesting a lot of money and a big investment and really your vision into someone people can really leave you by the wayside. And of course, it's, again, it's a it's a difficult path to follow when you're already putting yourself out there. But she has truly been one of the best investments I've ever made for myself, for Dog Your Book Club, and for my new business, Embody Your Soul. I cannot wait to work with her for upcoming business projects. And really just working with her is such a delight and it really really makes my day so are you ready to invest in one of the best investments you'll ever make as an entrepreneur or business owner ashley has provided the dog your community with an amazing deal so for those of you looking to build your personal business or brand simply use the code dog ear 21 and receive 15 percent off the brand kit that's over $300 off. Head over to LibraCollective.com and begin your journey today. I promise you will thank yourself and your brand will thank you too. Because I think I sometimes get that when you're trying to make a note like on your phone or in a notebook or whatever, when you're trying to write a review or something and you want to just read and enjoy the book. But I'm like, I know I'm not going to remember the things I want to write about afterwards. And sometimes I'm reading something and making little notes and you just think, oh, this is so annoying. I just want to read and enjoy the book. Yeah. But I also want to share it. And it's like trying to not destroy the, the fun side of reading stuff. Oh my God. Especially if you're wanting to share your thoughts on it afterwards. I literally love that you said that too. Because I, because yeah, it's like, I don't want to have my phone with me to like look <laughs> up new words or like look up something. Yeah. It, what but, does this even mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, but then, like, I want to know what it means because I'm also, like, a writer, and I'm like, this will be good for me. But then I'm like, BB, like, you'll use the source or something like, at some point. Like, <laughs> I have, like, know. a little note on my phone of, like, words that I've read that I read, and I'm like, oh, that's a great word. What's the definition? I've just got a list of them. Yeah. And then, as if I'm ever going to go back and actually <laughs> never. I've never once opened that book, that little, like, notepad and been like, oh, let me just write this word down. But every time I read one, I'm like, I must make a note of this. I need to know what the definition is. Oh, my God. I love, like, the, the weird human idiosyncrasies that reading <laughs> brings out of us. It is so yeah. entertaining. Oh, my God. I love this. Um... <laughs> So what is your, oh, this is like perfect kind of leading into this. So what's like your <laughs> biggest bookish pet peeve? I really hate those, this is like very specific, but those non-removable stickers that get put on books. You know when you think it's a sticker and then you try and peel it off and it isn't. And I just bought a book that I ordered online and it's got this little sticker. I don't know if you can see there. And it's not 
a sticker and it's driving me nuts that I can't get it off. I hate that. I also hate when you peel a sticker off and it leaves like the little goopy sticky bits on there. But that non, especially because the non-removable sticker is usually like, now best-selling film or like best-selling writer of their previous book. It's like, I don't care. I'm just reading this book. I don't need to know. Write that on the inside cover. Like, I don't want this stupid little sticker on the front. I hate that. You are not the first person who has said that, and I, I can say die. That, that's like everyone's. And the other one is when a film is made of a book, and then they change all the covers to like the film, like the the three main characters like stood there on the front cover. And it's like I don't care. I want the original like pretty artwork. If I wanted to see the characters, I'd just watch the film. Like that's fine. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm right and there can't with find you. The original cover anywhere afterwards. No, I'm like I'm trying to think because. Who was telling me this? I think it was um, Antonella from, like, Should She mm. Reads. She was like, I yeah. don't really think, like, the author has much control over the cover. But then I'm like, if everyone hates, like, who why are they doing that? it? I think, especially, like, these days, I really do feel like in, like, the age of, like, Instagram and, like, Bookstagram and, like, book talk and stuff like that, the cover makes such a huge difference like i don't know if you read i'll get it to show you because it's got such a nice cover mm. oh there it is um it was a book called small pleasures mm. by claire chambers wow and it's a gorgeous it's cover. Such a nice cover um and she'd written quite a lot of books before this one but i don't think she was that well known and this one kind of became like a quiet online sort of sensation just from people sharing it and this is like one of her best known books now even though she's got this plethora of other works that people didn't know about as as well um and a lot of that if i'm remembering rightly from when i read about it came from just people sharing it on instagram and i think like the power of people sharing that makes such a huge difference so having like a really gross cover like it sounds a bit stupid to like judge a book by its cover but it does make a big difference like I know that I really don't like buying books with ugly covers on them, even though it doesn't make a difference to what's inside the book. It it bothers me, and I think that's the same for a lot of other people. Oh, my God. No, I am right there with you, and it's so funny. Like, I have this one book. I should just, like, get rid of it because I don't even know if I'm going to read it. <laughs> but I remember buying it because I was like, oh, it's, like, a really controversial book, and, like, it's really <laughs> interesting. It's about capitalism and, like, whatever. And... I got it, and it's like fucking like it's this tiny. Every but time it's you look at it, you're this, like, Ugh, it's like right. this thick. I'm like, I'm not gonna read this. Like, it is the right. most uncomfortable, like, not like, to hold. like less ergon, like uh, unergonomic. I don't even know if that's a word, but <laughs> it is not ergonomic to like the hand or the reader. And I'm just no. like, ew, no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> right and it, it seems so stupid and like such a vacuous like but it makes right. such a big difference like pick it up and you're like i don't want to read this this is horrible and I, it does make a difference so i think like i don't know i look at those things and i'm like i just feel like you're making a big mistake there and i don't know how much it really impacts book sales but i do think like the covers nowadays if not before make a huge difference oh my gosh if i ever get into some position in life ever to convince a publishing like look to this book community who has a huge influence i feel like they should listen to this community i'm like have they not if like they but then they like send books to you guys so it's like Mm. they should i don't know it wow 
wow, we can start a movement with this. We can tell them the truth. They just <laughs> listen to it. No. Oh my God. Okay. So what is a book that you think people should drop everything right now and read this book? So this, I'm sort of cheating because it's not a book. It's trying to clear a series, but mm. the books on their own are amazing. And it's who I mentioned earlier. It was Elena Ferrante's Neapolitan Quartet. So it's a series of, of four books. Um, and I think I must have found out about it from from Instagram because I don't think I just stumbled across it um, in a shop. Um, but I just think, for me, they're just amazing. I've never... She's an Italian writer, so they are translated. But I've never read anyone who has her style of writing. It's just so immersive. Like, you mm. feel part of, of what she's discussing. And the four books span... Um, so the main character, Elena, and her best friend, um, Lila or Leela, I'm never sure how you're supposed to say it. Every time I read it, I like to say it slightly differently. Um, but it's about them just from their like early kind of childhood to coming of age and growing up and becoming like adults and mothers and like themselves. Mm. Um, and it's just across those four books, it covers such a huge amount of stuff with their relationships and their friendships and, you know, sort of like the torment of early friendships and the sisterhood that you have with your best friends and also the competition and growing up and trying to discover who you are as like a person and as a woman and trying to define yourself and there's a it's set in um where is it set Italy I've just had a complete brain drain then obviously set in Italy Neapolitan Quartet <laughs> um but and like it's just amazing the way she just describes like the towns and the cities that they live in and I think I can imagine it maybe not being everyone's kind of book but for me I think they're not books they're like they're not like any other books I have read and I think that's what makes them stand out so much for me is just they they like kind of seared in my memory it's like just amazing books to read and so so immersive and I think that's what really makes a good book for me when you feel like totally lost in the story and the characters and they almost feel like real people because there's a huge cast of characters there's like a little description at the beginning of like each of the families and each of the people which I like because I always mm -hmm. forget who everyone is when I'm reading so I would definitely you know recommend that series oh my god yay I'm so I definitely want to add to your list I literally the five million books I need to add to my list but I love it oh my god it's my favorite thing but it's really interesting because Elena Fronte is like famously um anonymous so that's a pseudonym that she writes with and um it's translated by I think Anne Goldstein is her translator and whenever there's like press tours or anything I think sometimes she appears on her behalf but um Elena Fronte is like she's never done like in-person interviews she's never like had pictures or anything there's no photos of her like in her book and I just find that so interesting that she's so like shied away from and not that every author is famous but that she's completely detached herself from her work I think that's just super interesting wow and, and it makes you wonder like why as well is yeah it just wants to be about the writing like I don't know I just what? really interesting <gasps> and it's unusual isn't it that makes me even more intrigued and that's right? so interesting because it's not like for some reason I don't even know how this theory or hypothesis hypothesis would even like have legs but it's like I for some reason I would expect that more of like a fantasy writer yeah but it's about stories that like the way you described her first I immediately thought of Toni Morrison because yeah. she sounds like one of those writers that just like weaves you into like her skin mm. like you're so close and I'm like yeah maybe it's this kind of intimacy thing that she has with like her writing and like yeah. wanted to detach and it, oh, God. like you say so you never know like how much it is 
personal to them i mean i don't i don't know how old she is because i don't there's very little information about her the books start in like 1950s italy and then they go up to sort of like the 80s um but i don't know maybe it's because it's partly autobiographical like i just i think it's such an interesting concept that she's written these amazing books that are really renowned um i don't know if she's won any prize but i know they're really renowned but she's just totally completely got no presence in the sense of like being visually involved with any any of the descriptions or press tours or anything that is crazy and she's like won awards and her Mm. whatever is just like thank you and everyone's like what (laughs) very strange oh my god i for for some reason i'm probably such like a traitor to i know those true authors that are like no we don't need a movie but i'm like what a cool (laughs) movie or series that would be about this like mystery author that is so fascinating and like why she does it because i think because i work for um uh, a charity that does like four festivals and one of them is a lit festival like literature one and there Mm. was a panel like about i don't know if it was just about her but she was featured in it and like she must have known the questions because an actress appeared on her behalf and like spoke about like did did her answers but obviously she wasn't there and it's like the lengths you go to keep your privacy is just so interesting wow. no, and there's no reason why you shouldn't like when you think about it like that you're like well you shouldn't necessarily have to appear yourself and sort of sell yourself in that way but it's interesting like you say if you ever looked into why someone's gone that far to keep their own privacy i think especially in this day and age it's, it's a very interesting topic i think i mean i guess i get it but then i feel like I think that's one of the beauties about authors, though. I mean, it's all, again, it's all about, like, how you live out in the world. Because in, Mm -hmm. like, what you reflect, that's what you're going to get back. But I guess I've just, at least the authors I love, it's like, I feel like there's not a lot of authors that are, like. Not, like, celebrities. No, they're not, like, celebrities where it's, like, there's paparazzi. Like, they're just kind of living. I mean, yeah, they're in magazines and stuff. But it's, like, it's based on how you I think that's what makes it so intriguing. Like, I'm sure there's a very normal reason. Like, she just didn't want to be involved in, like, the press stuff. But it makes you think, like, why are you keeping it secret? Like, what are you, who are you hiding from? And I'm sure it's not anything like that. But like you say, it gets your mind going, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe she's, like, in a cult. Maybe she's hiding from someone. Oh, my God. Maybe she's, like, a... No, never. I was going to say, like, maybe she's a Nazi. I don't know. (laughs) I was like, maybe it's in a way, like, you're stepping away from the limelight, but it also, it almost makes more, like, interest because you create such an intrigue around it. It's almost done the job of, of that kind of positive press because everyone's like, oh, this is so interesting. Like, she doesn't even need to be there to create that kind of fervor around her work. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm obsessed now, mm-hmm. so I'm very excited. Um, <laughs> so the final couple questions. So if you could gift someone a book, who would it be to? What book would it be and why? I, this was such a hard one. I was finding it really hard to narrow it down to one. So I picked it based off of books I can remember reading most recently. So this isn't necessarily like the one and only book I would recommend, but one of the more recent ones I've read mm-hmm. that I would recommend. Um, and it's um, a book called Pretending by Holly Bourne. Um, and I don't actually know, I don't know when it came out because I don't, I bought it in paperback and it's not one I'd seen around, but you know, sometimes you come across a book that's been out for ages and mm-hmm. that you're like, this is brand new to me. But it's just it's a really amazing read and it starts off you kind of it 
from the description on the back, it doesn't really give credit to what it does because it's talking about um, a, a girl who's in like her late 20s and she's basically had enough of like dating men and feeling like she's just being taken like for granted and mm. made to feel small and like she has no autonomy. So she decides to kind of create this like alter ego who she calls Gretel and like start dating like a new guy with this sort of alter ego of just someone who she kind of thinks of as like quote unquote like the perfect woman i don't know if you read like um jillian flynn's gone girl but you know when she says no. like the cool girl like that kind of stereotype mm. it's like the girl who you know is into sports and like doesn't get super clingy and isn't sensitive and it's like up for anything that kind of stereotype that people say like men want um and so it kind of starts off with what seems like a really simplistic idea of just someone maybe trying to get their own back a bit when they've suffered. But it goes into a really engaging kind of discussion on female autonomy. And I mean, it's definitely one that's got triggers in it because it, it's looking into sort of sexual assault and like the mm. way rape culture has become so sort of normalised mm. in like society. This is set in London, I think, but it's kind of applicable unfortunately to most of the, the western world if not the world mm-hmm. um but it's a really honest kind of discussion about the kind of normalization we have in society of just constantly crossing like women's boundaries and women's sense of identity and what that does to people and the way it's so normalized in the people we know people we're friends with but and obviously that sounds very dark and hard and it is hard to read mm-hmm. but it's also got a really great discussion about like sisterhood and healing and like recovery and how you can rediscover like your sense of self and then all of this obviously ties into the kind of thing that keeps it going is that she's started this relationship with this new guy in this kind of fake persona of mm. Gretel and how long this can sort of go on for but it was one of those books where you got to the last page and you were just like Phew, like that was that was a lot. Holy, but oh my God. Book. I, one I, and I, I think, I don't know, I can't know, I don't know if I have anyone I would specifically say, like, you specifically should read it, but more just that it's one I think everyone should read because I just think it's so, if more now than ever maybe applicable to us to look at, you know, mm. our society and, and the way it's impacting people. I think it really, really stayed with me and I think that's how, you know, it's one you want other people to read as well. Oh my God, that is so fascinating i love i love how like it makes me think of that show um sex education Mm, yeah it kind of like because i love i thought the way because there were some there's also some aspects of like for instance like the lgbtqia ai community that i didn't understand and the way for one like the way they broke it down or the way they explained it i was like that's amazing like I didn't know or like the way how yeah like with women like the I remember the girl in the beginning she has like the she's so cute she has like the crooked teeth and like Mm. you know at first like you know she's just kind of like this sexualized like airhead but then she's actually a really complex strong amazing woman and that's what this book just like reminds me of kind of that you know because you read that cover on the back and you're like oh that sounds interesting like someone like tricking a guy like oh I wonder you know she says about Mm. like giving them a a taste of their own medicine that kind of thing and then it kind of goes into more like what's really the problem here where is this root cause and I think it's so interesting because I think as a woman you read parts of it and you think like yeah I know what that feels like and you read other parts and you think no I don't know what that feels like but I know that that's something that happens and that's awful Mm. and then you read this the parts about like sisterhood and recovery and you think but that gives people hope and I think if you're reading it 
and it's something that you relate to, then you you feel like, you know, you're not alone or other people understand it. And I think maybe for men, if they're reading it, it's obviously there's loads of ways that you can learn about the way kind of women's rights and things. There's lots of stuff you can look into for that. But I think if you're someone who reads, then this is maybe a great book for that as well, because it's an interesting book, mm. but it's got, you know, very real topics in it. Like you say, of, that, of Sex Education, the show, like it's a really fun show, but it doesn't shy away from some pretty heavy and important things. Mm. Oh my god. So, yay! I'm so excited. Okay. So, last question. I'm so excited to like hear your answer on this. So, why do you read? I feel like it's always easier to ask a question back but just say like <laughs> why would you not read? Do you know what I mean? Like this like this so you can learn so much like if you're looking at non-fiction like there's so many amazing ways you could educate yourself i think you can see things from a different perspective and that's not just coming from reading like a non-fiction book about race or gender or anything you can read fiction books that completely open your mind to different perspectives um you know learning about people's experiences that you might never know about and just because it's fiction doesn't mean that there's not truth running through it all the time mm -hmm. I think in light of the pandemic it's a really amazing way to be able to sort of lose yourself in another world and distract yourself from like you know it's just a great way to distract from the bad things that might be going on it gives you a little bit of peace mm -hmm. but it's also a great way to ground yourself in the world by mm -hmm. exploring different situations different relationships different issues um I think also just to, like entertain yourself like if nothing else it's just fun like it's such a good hobby as well yes. and it can be educational and fun at the same time but I think especially with like um bookstagram and stuff as it is now it's also a way to connect with other people people love talking about the books that they like reading they love sharing ideas they love talking about things and I think that's amazing too that it can be quite an insular hobby but that it can also be one that opens you up to lots of other people as well oh my gosh Oh my gosh, so amazing. <laughs> Honestly, oh my gosh, I've loved this conversation. You've inspired <laughs> me so much. Um, yay, I love this. I'm literally, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to try to, you make me like want to start like a group discussion about like literature and stuff. So mm. maybe I'll brainstorm and come back to you, but that would be awesome. And you're amazing. And I'm so happy we connected. <laughs> and thank you so much I'm for so doing this. Doing oh my gosh. I have like the biggest smile on my face. So happy. Oh my goodness. How wonderful is she, you guys? And also I have to say, I feel like I did a really good job on this one because one of my pet peeves is when people interrupt me and it's so funny because I feel like I sometimes inter end up interrupting people with like the noises I make or the reactions I have when pe when someone says something and I'm like, oh my God, like I just, you know, and I just need to stop that. Or do it in a more subdued way because, you know, obviously when you're a podcaster, you listen to other podcasts. And for instance, I love Jay Shetty and I love him because he is just such an amazing, beautiful, active listener. And I'm like, I need to also sound like I'm actively listening because if I'm with someone, yeah, I'm of course listening, but 
again. You know what I mean? So I was like, good job, beeps. You did really, really well. But anyways, I hope you enjoyed Hannah's company as much as I did. Please stay tuned for her book list. It's going to be amazing. I definitely wrote down several books um, after this podcast. And also, I'm really excited for you guys to dive into some Chapter 6 jewelry and see how Libra Collective can serve you and your personal brand and your business. And you guys, thank you so, so much for your beautiful support, your ears, your everything. I love, love, love you. And Dog Your Book Club is such a joy to do. So thank you. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.